Don't forget to like our Facebook, SoundCloud, and brand new on iTunes. Just search Uncle Mo's Family Feedback Podcast, and you'll be able to listen and support to your heart's content. Come to Uncle Mo's for family fun. It's good, 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 good. Mmm, sounds good. Hello, welcome to Uncle Mo's Family Feedback, where we look through the dizzying highs, the terrifying lows, and the creamy middles of The Simpsons seasons 1 to 12 through random episode generation. I'm, of course, your host, Tyler McCrane. With me is, um, you know, he's getting, not to date this episode, but he's getting ready for the draft for World War Three. It's um, my private, my lieutenant. It's uh, Cal Reader. Cal, how the hell are you? Yes, sir. I'm good. I'm, I'm, um, I've got bone ankles or whatever it is, so I'm trying to avoid whatever drafts, uh, whatever fucking Trump said to get out of the Vietnam War. But... Uh, Apart from that, I'm good. I'm good, man. Bit, bit up and stiffly, and so I might be coughing a little bit during this episode just to pre-warn. But apart from that, I am good. What about yourself, my friend? I'm very well, man. I'm glad to enter this new year. There, I'm very happy with how the podcast has done. Um, hello to all these new listeners there, um, through Facebook and whatever means. As we're now made the launch onto iTunes, so uh, hopefully to push on more with that. And um, the episode we're going to be reviewing today is Marge Simpson in Screaming Yellow Honkers from Season 10, Episode 15, directed by Mark Kirkland, written by David Stern, with the original air date being February the 21st, 1999, and the couch guy being the Simpsons sit on the couch as normal, and a crash bar goes down, and they're off on a roller coaster. And as always, uh, say here, and for a new year, Cal, um, do you have any initial memories or nostalgia about uh, this episode? I do. I'm I'm looking over it now just because, like you said, it was 1998 and I was wondering this when I was watching it, um, mainly about, obviously, the game road rage. Um, do you, I think Ooh. you use part of, part of this episode to try and kind of advertise it a bit. We'll talk about it later. Um, yeah. It's a good episode. I do like this episode a lot. Like, obviously, the jingle's quite catchy. And there's... Um, the main bit I always remember, I don't know why, is when Homer pulls up at work and then they get the the uh, lipstick instead of a, uh, a cigarette lighter. But apart from that, it's it's just an overall, it's a bit of a classic episode for myself. What about you? Well, for me, I can never seem to... Uh, I, I get the certain individual jokes in the episode, but I can never place them to this specific episode. And this episode title in itself never really springs to mind but um i mean i've rewatched it multiple times and i'm never disappointed by it so it's a no. i'll say it's a i feel like i say this with a lot of them but i feel like it's a hidden gem or one that doesn't really get hyped up as much as you know your golden golden uh eras if you will yeah like like when when you told me which episode it was which episode did I, do you remember which episode i said i thought it was just from the name uh marge and the boob job yeah <laughs> yeah, which that's a that's an episode in itself, but unfortunately we won't get to that one because it's season fourteen. But that's just from the name; it just sounds that sounds like the one. one oh, of course. And we open up with Springfield Elementary putting on their own talent show. But oh no, it's not the kids; it's the whole faculty doing it. You've got all sorts. You've got groundskeeper Willie. You've got Edna, um, giving their all X Factor moments here, and the crowd just aren't buying it as Bart says you know I didn't think it was possible but this both sucks and blows um 
Who do you say is um, winning the final round? Who do you think's got the most talent out of uh, what we see here? You've got stand-up, you've got a fever sort of strict tease. Um, who are you liking here, Cal? It's got to be uh, Grapple, obviously. Or, um, I don't know, it's with with Willie's, um, what is it, in Edinburgh, he's not saying it right because it's an American. No, that's that's <laughs> the awkward thing. You're always going to get that with um, Americans um, obviously doing your British right. Isles accents there. Like, they're going to say Norwich, like, no matter how good the uh, East England accent is. When I was in America, uh, the not last time, time before, first place we went was uh, this bar called The Pub. I might have told you the story before where we literally went, oh, where's good? We were in a place called Sugartown in Texas. And they were like, where's good? It's like, The Pub. I was like, what's it called? I was like, The Pub. I was like, <laughs> but, but, but what is it called? Like, this is not right. This is not, not called The Pub. Huh? And we went and every single person you meet is usually like, oh, I know someone who's from, from, you're like related to these blah 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 and the bar guy the barman was just like I was married one of yours she's uh she's a sixth generation English girl from uh, Leicestershire I was like from where it's like Leicester uh, Leicester <laughs> Leice- uh, Shire I was like what I was like oh Leicestershire oh yeah 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 no I know Leicestershire like oh do you know her I was like yeah she's like, <laughs> like everyone knows her Jesus Christ like you need to get tested mon ami like but so you had, your own, you had your own you had your own who's on first moment with um well going to the pub yeah but where is it <laughs> yeah. yeah very fitting there I will say um that's my favorite bit of the whole talent competition just um Charles and Skinner about to do this classic um, vaudeville routine but yeah Skinner blows it like fifteen seconds out the gate and gets caught a oh you sexless freak. <laughs> But the parents and the kids can't take it anymore and they all run out when it comes to the intermission. And um, this is where we get to sort of the inciting incident. The episode, Marge is um, a very hesitant driver there. She's not willing to, you know, uh, barge her way out of the parking lot. You know, she doesn't want to switch lanes. That's for uh, race car drivers now. Um, And they're not getting out. It's all bumper to bump here. But then we have Krusty burst through, you know, shouting, move it, you clowns, in his big uh, Canyonero there. And he muscles on through in a big sort of, you know, alpha way. And um, yeah, Homer's really impressed and he realises, oh, he needs to get the Canyonero to sort of uh, balance uh, Marge's poor driving there. Now, I don't want to get too much into the Canyonero itself. I think we'll save that for Krusty's uh, own episode where he becomes a brand new stand-up. But um, I guess I'll just say briefly, I love the Canyonero song there. What about yourself, Cal? Can you Yeah, yeah, I like, it. I like this. I like the song. It's just, it's it's funny. Like the reason for this episode, I've been looking it up, is um, a study that shows that women have more instances of road rage than uh, men. Oh, okay. Um, it's it's yeah, it's. I, you drive, don't you? Yes, yes, I do. Yes. Seven years. See, I don't drive. I've drove before, but I don't legally drive at the moment. But I've, I even I get road rage at times when people don't. Call. I just remember it. Do you watch Always Sunny in Philadelphia? I yes, I do now. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen the one where they move to the suburbs and then, <laughs> then <laughs> driving and he's stuck in traffic? And he's just like, 
Merge, merge, you're a cow, merge you cow. Oh, oh yeah. my god. <laughs> it's understandable because you know you pass the test, but what they don't teach you is not everyone else remembers their fucking test and how to drive. Oh no, or to use indicators or you know oh, to okay. <laughs> Yeah. It, it just is it Merc or Mercs or Beamers or are notoriously like bad. Oh, we'll get into what kind of driver Marge becomes and sort of what vehicle I can see her driving here in the UK. Um, yeah, but Homer goes to buy a Canyonero and me not in his first episode appearance, but brand new to the podcast, folks. It's um, Gil, you know, uh, poor old Gil. The wolves are at his door. Um, he was a very late introduction to The Simpsons, um, but I will say I absolutely love Gil just how pathetic and desperate he is. And um, yeah, he's a perfect tertiary character. And I'm guessing you're along the same lines here, Cal. I love Gil. Gil was one of my favourite characters growing up because he's just this lovable idiot. Like, Gil Gunderson is... is he's on, For me, he's on par with um, Moleman. Oh, absolutely. He's just, just being this sad... Hot, like sad, sad person. <laughs> well, I think it plays into more British taste of comedy as well, because obviously you Americans, like they have to succeed in any sort of sitcom or comedy. But with Britain, it's oh no, he's pathetic and he's fallen over and he, you know, he can't win the girl and he's shot himself. Like it's that degrading comedy that we all love. It's just what they call him. It's just going like, hey honey, yeah, I miss. I almost felt sad. I was like, what, what's he doing there? I thought you told me it was up. Don't put him on. Hey, Fred, how you doing? <laughs> yeah, get cupped over the phone. Oh, it's, it's amazing. Can I buy that, please? Well, you, if you... Uh, really? What? Hot, hot dog! A sale! <laughs> I'll take it from here, Gil. No! Wait, ah, oh, no, you can't take my sale. My wife's gonna leave me if I don't start bringing in the green. Come on, let me have this one, Stan. I'm begging you. Look at me. I'm begging you, Stan. Mm-hmm. Let's go write this up, shall we? Honey, you should have seen me with my last customer. I No, but I came so close. This guy was... Uh... Whose voice is that? Is that Fred? Oh, you said it was over. No, don't put him on. It... Hello, Fred. <laughs> Hi. But that's precisely what happens. And Gil thinks he's got a sale. You know, even though the Canyonero, you know, rain, that'll strip the paint right off. But he's in luck. But, you know, um, I don't know, Chad or whoever his name was, the swaggering, confident young fellow comes in and literally steals his sale. Very uh, Glen Gary, Glen Ross. But Homer gets all the paperwork done and here's a, Brand new owner of a Canyonero. Well, not quite, because um, he managed to get the F-Series, and he rolls up to work there. Lenny and Carl Wolf whistle him for some reason, and they inform him, inform him unfortunately, that the F-Series is uh, more for the female clientele. And, um, yeah, this is where you get a nice little scene where they're busy teasing him, and you see him unroll the lipstick where it should be a fag lighter there. Yeah. No, it's um, you, you don't really see it much. You, you do get like more women, women cars than like male cars kind of thing, but obviously not on this extreme kind of thing. But then some of like some of the actual like little gadget things are quite good, like the whole 
little stairly thing, uh, little stair thing that comes out, and obviously, all, obviously, it's a little bit later on in the scene and such like that. But just the fact that toxic masculinity of Herman's just like, no, I can't drive this car because it's a women's car. Because even though it's a beastly fucking badass car, like, oh yeah, for some reason it's still you know overtly feminine. There, we in fact we get Homer wrestling through Marge's handbag, um, even though he's practically spent his early pension on it because um, he do not want to appear as gay and a great it marries up very well when he thinks he's found it he goes do you think i'm gay because if so you better tell me now and he's swishing away the purse and oh it was absolutely magic cal uh it is just like pure just toxic masculinity it's just like oh you think i'm gay i don't think you're gay oh <laughs> give me your keys I my, my like my parents are they didn't like I'm, I'm not gay or anything but like my cat my parents didn't but I do like the occasional cock now. Um, <laughs> my my, um, my parents never gave a shit. Like I've currently got flowery sheets and a pink shirt, a pink bed mattress kind of thing on. Like they they did they didn't care as long as I was happy. Like I remember I think when I was younger I asked for like a um, a Barbie when I was a baby, not oh, yeah. because. Of Action Man's girlfriend, apparently I just wanted a Barbie. I can't remember it. <laughs> but one of my things I always remember is asking my parents just to see how they try, like what they do. Like, oh, okay. my favorite color is pink, and they were like, okay. It's like, don't you think that's weird? And they were like, no. Like, <laughs> do you want your room pink? I was like, well, like we can go now. We'll go to B and Q. We'll like we'll get you some paints. Like, no, 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 no. It's blue. It's blue. I don't want it. <laughs> No, I tried to act out. It's fine. It backfired. <laughs> I will say, capped off um, with this scene, Homer's like, oh, fine, I'll drive the canyon era then. It looks like he's going to it, but quickly runs. Um, sort of, Jimmy starts up the car and then he's away. Like, um, I think throughout this, Homer's all right. He's not quite the scumbag Homer in these later seasons, but um, <laughs> yeah, he's not on the best start with them. Um, Treating Marge uh, the best here. Marge um, decides, you know, to tackle the Canyonera, but she's impressed. You know, it's quite a mountain of a car, but it's got some nice pull-out steps. got great headroom and hair room with a retractable sunroof, letting out a big do there. And the kids jump in the car, ready for a shop. Marge realises it's got an onboard GPS, and it asks, you know, oh, hello, Marge, where would you like to go today? And Marge um, saying, oh, no one's ever asked me that before. Now watching it, you know, in, as a with childish eyes, there you just think, "Oh, that's a genuinely sweet, sweet uh, thing." There, it's very cute of Marge. But now, obviously, looking at it through adult eyes, it's like, "Wow, what a sad life this woman lives!" <laughs> like, Homer's never took her anywhere, or probably like to Moe's or to the Frying Dutchman, but never and any kind of remote holiday. Cal, did you? I mean, did you feel the same way, Cal? A little bit, yeah. Like it's it is sad. Like she's not gone anywhere, but it's it's she's got a car. She can go wherever she wants. But it's a successful shopping trip. You know, she didn't think she could fit in twenty five bags grocery shopping there. And they also pick up. Um, I, I don't linger on it too much because we'll get to when Marge uh, releases her inner road rage animal. But um, I guess we'll briefly say it because she's on a Wheaties box. Um, Courtney Love, is she guilty or not? Uh, I don't think she killed him, but 
I don't think... Uh... You're not one of the tin hat wearers today? No, not today. Like, I don't think she killed him, per se. She might have pushed him towards doing it himself, but... You know. What about yourself? What do you think? Well, <laughs> I guess when I was an angry virgin, you used to think, oh, no, clearly she pushed him to it, and, you know, read all the theories, and, like, yeah, but the only way he could have done it is, you know, foot over the trigger and all that. But, you know, once I got laid and saw the world a bit more, I cared less about it and realised, like, you know, she does deserve the royalties and she did actually love him. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's where the principles lie. Such a freak. <laughs> exactly. God, the, the episode is ever so fitting the more we delve into it and the more I... Look back at my life. We have Bart and Lisa now pissing around with some whipped cream there. And Marge decides, right, it's actually time to take action in this horrible traffic. She goes before by four and off-road. The Canyonera song kicks in. And um, they end up reaching home. And I like the little touch here, Cal, of when he sings the Canyonero. End of the chorus. You hear Marge like add on the end, you know, hero. I don't know if you picked that up as well. I didn't, no. I didn't. Yeah, you just get to hear oh, her sort she, of sing oh, along. Sing it, didn't she? Yeah, when she pulls up. Yeah. Yeah. You got it a yeah, or it doesn't count. Yeah. There we go. We're on to the second act now, and um, the kids are now messing around with the grocery food. Bart is uh, putting a whole raw chicken right. Um, he's wearing it right out. Now, obviously, it's quite cool and funny. When again, when I was a kid, but looking at it now, I just think that is incredibly wasteful. Now, is it one of those um, hot-off-the-press um, turkeys and chickens that you can get from Tesco? Because if so, that boy is scolded clams. He's scolded nuts, ahoy. We have Homer, you know, he's got a three-chamber peanut. He needs to tell Marge about this stupid revelation. But um, Marge is busy, you know, pimping out a ride, if you will. She's put on ultra-strong halogen headlights, and we get the tiniest callback to... Um, Bart with the chicken pants, and Lisa's not dealing with any of it, so she's got him in a chokehold, realises that Marge can now see him, runs off, um, you know, but no one's ever going to cut up Marge. But um, Homer's um, sort of early stages of, oh, is Marge getting too in love with a car now? Saying, you know, oh, Maggie needs feeding and the cat needs something as well. See, we're just going back to the lights thing, I always, this is one, another bit why I always remembered. Um, Purely just like, can they see back through? I don't know. Well, they must I, do because Lisa realizes, I, like, oh shit, and drops the chokehold. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like, I don't know why. I just, it just always, I was always like, no, they can't see. They just, it's like the whole thing's like, your mum can see everything kind of thing. Mm. Well, then I guess it would sort of affect the next joke. But then again, you know, Simpsons male gene, they wouldn't really think of Marge there because we have Homer walk into the. Dining room, because Marge says, oh, and tell Bart to get out of my purse, because he's, he's having a right route around. And you can just imagine the dog, it's like, boy, what are you doing? Oh, no, I'm not doing anything. All right, I'll cut you in. <laughs> and then they both, and then they're both just rooting around there. Again, they're <laughs> starting to fuck over Marge even a little bit more. But yeah, I, lo- I love this whole bit with the headlights. It's just her being like the, f- the fourth Simpsons child. Like, yes, exactly. But like, I like when going back to it. Obviously, when when they find it, this is what I like about it. Like the fact that 
you know, I've got sisters. I know they both would probably kick my ass, but like, I've got to be the brighter little brother or the better, bigger brother, brother, because I've got one of each. And then they just turn around and snap and just get you in a chokehold. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we have Marge, you know, going full road rage mode in Canyon Arrow, cutting up lanes, switching lanes here. And uh, as I hinted to before, I'd easily put Marge as a Audi driver in the real world here, you know. Not using her indicators, just speeding up and down lanes, um, being reckless around roundabouts, Cal. I mean, I'm sure you've heard of all these, you know, fucking Audi and Merc drivers over in Top Gear banter and all these old jokes. When I was initially learning to drive, um, I always remember this because, like, me and my driving instructor, we, we, bet, we didn't really get on because we didn't have much in common. Like, I don't really, really follow football or anything. We had, we, my friend used him as well. Uh, northern guy called John Smith who was like but and my mate used to be all big really big bollocks and stuff like that and he's a really good instructor because he would never bullshit you like he, he'd, yeah. if, if you didn't think you were a bad like if you he thought you did shit like he'll tell you like you did shit kind of thing like that type of dude um, and then like my mate who was just really big bollocks thinking he's the best driver in the world and he was just like yeah I'm not sure he just tells me to slow down all the time. He's just like, slow down. So I used to do things to piss him off, just to like almost give him a stroke. He ended up dying, but like... Oh, <laughs> wow. Jesus. Uh, unrelated to me, no, it's fine. Um, but <laughs> I always remember this one time where we were driving around this residential bit. So that's like 20, I think. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> and this white van just like got right up my arse and so I started speeding up he's like no don't do that I was like what I was like no don't do that just keep saying go slower I was like what I was like go slower like you, you're doing fine you gotta fuck with like, him you gotta fuck with him just wind him up I was just like shit okay <laughs> <laughs> I like you John <laughs> you're my type of petty Marge's uh, you know, road rage is you know reached its zenith it's too much now because Wigan pulls her over after she speeds across, um, you know, a hearse and pulls her over and she must do um, a one day's worth of, you know, traffic school. And this whole uh, segment at the police station with the traffic school is absolute gold, in my opinion. Because even if it's just from Wigan saying, you all know why you're here, someone yeets a chair at him. That's right, you're all sick, angry human beings. <laughs> but we're going to, you know, build you up, then break you down, then go for lunch, then break you down, and if we've got time, build you up again. <laughs> what did you think of this whole um, traffic school segment? I liked it. And this is another bit with Agnes. It's with like, one of your favourites. It's with Wigan. Wigan is one of my favourites. I do have a secret love for Agnes, just like how nuts she is. And like, but it's just, it, it's just, it's just a good scene with fucking Wigan. Have you ever been to like a speeding course thing or anything like that? Thankfully, I haven't. Um, no, never been caught. Too quick. Going yeah, that's it. you got to know where the cameras are, folks. <laughs> we have them watch a video now from Court Order Productions. I really enjoyed this, cow because obviously you get the um, feeling of they've not used a proper actor. It's a genuine cop because you get like the awkward um, silences and her looking at the camera like, oh, I've got a turn here now. But I feel like this would have been perfect for Troy McClaw. And obviously, especially in season 10, um, uh, Phil Hartman himself ends up getting killed. So I feel like this 
whole um, scene here was designed for uh, Hartman himself, but they just had to angle this uh, awkward cop character in there, Cal. Yeah, definitely. It would be... I don't know. I think it works better with the awkward cop, like you said, because I've, I've seen the clips on, on like YouTube of like how bad these kind of like work-made videos can be kind of thing. Oh, yeah. And... Like my favorite bit of it is just obviously it's it's the either the screaming astronaut, like what's he doing? <laughs> or the guy is just like I'm sentencing you to hell. Yeah, I sent you to kiss my ass. My ass. Cut me off, will ya? Learn to drive, dimwit. I sentence you to kiss my ass. Did you ever play the road rage game? Yes, I did. I loved it. I pretty much um, burnt the disc. I played it that many times. Um, I could even I remember getting the old school game cheat magazines. Yes, when you could had to get a magazine for the cheats, uh, children, and That's you so... could do certain like short trips. And you, I, I think I don't know what level it was. I think it was like downtown Springfield, and you could yeah. do like you just had to go up and down, up and down, up and down an alley. You didn't even have to turn around. You could just accelerate reverse accelerate reverse and that's how you could just unlock everything and um y- yeah do you remember that cheat cow how what are your memories of it i remember playing it all the time um mainly i can't remember which level it was it was the um it's the one way i think you unlock mr plow kind of thing it's just you're driving like a mountainy area kind of thing that's and obviously the main area as well um, I just remember this bridge. It's it's a good game. It's obviously a rip off of the, uh, um, Crazy. Oh, it's a complete it's a complete rip off. Yeah, yeah. But it's I I miss these types of Simpsons games. Like apparently they're making another one. Um, the Simpsons game from O seven is all right. Uh, obviously hit and run is glorious. Uh, Did you have a favorite driver in Road Rage? Um. I just remember playing a lot of Rapoo. I don't know why. I think I just liked his car more than anything. Um, yeah, the nice muscle car. Yeah. I definitely used Grandpa because I liked his quotes the most, just hearing his frail world voice. But obviously, being a game from, like, I think it's 2002 it came out, mm. uh, <laughs> there, was, there was the issue of, like, some characters' voices not matching the actual character and shit like that. Oh, so yeah. Very Beaver. I think my favourite one was, like, I picked up Lisa and it was Mo's voice. Like, <laughs> flirting with Marge. <laughs> like, really weird. Yeah, after the film there, um, Wiggum's got a special treat. He's got um, Curtis E. Bear. The Curtis E. Bear the there. Bear. He does a little jiggle and a dance there as well. And for the next three hours, the um, Curtis E. is going to take their you know, violent behaviour and foul language with good humour and nice sentiment. And a great line here, I think Eddie must have pissed him off during the day or something. He goes, uh, Chief, can I at least shield my crutch? Where's Kent Tarklu? And then gets clarted with a big two by four there. Oh, it's brilliant. After the course, everyone seems, you know, refreshed and well-mannered there. And, you know, they're ready to drive off that Marge is a brand new person. And um, Mo being a bit too overly friendly, and, uh, it's, you know, Midge, if you need anything, just let it out and call me. You know, I'll do nothing sexual. Unless that's what you want. No thanks. But thanks. You know, good on Marge. You know, keeping the distance, but, you know, accepting the, 
<laughs> friendship there as you should do with all these creeps there it's uh getting hectic around the car park yet again but apart from this time you know everyone's too kind you know kearney and agnes um you know saying no go on oh no you first ma'am i'm not going until she goes and marge is about to cave into her anger but you know asks herself what would courtesy bear do and eddie beating up with a kid and he's saying i gotta get this costume back to the store and so marge <laughs> That uh, basically gives her the excuse, you know, get out of the way and burst through, swerves around a car and breaks down, you know, medium security prison, all the prisoners escape. But, you know, shouldn't have done that, Marge. They were like the old school one day to retirement line. They had one day till they were, you know, rehabilitated there. So a license is torn up. And that's how we end uh, act two. What do you think of that uh, whole last bit then? with Marge, you know, caving into the anger there. As part of 2020, folks, um, I guess we'll introduce a new segment. Basically, it will be um, your favourite scene, and I'll stick in a clip here. Um, have we reached your favourite scene yet, Cal? Or um, is it in this third act coming up? Uh, it's a hard one, really, because this is very good scenes in it. It's very good scenes throughout, like... Because mine's in the last two minutes, so I'm saving mine. I just didn't know whether I'd passed yours in the come up. Um, potentially, I'll be honest, mine probably is the girl where he's just chatting to his wife. Like, Don't put him on. Hi, Frank. How are you doing? <laughs> Marge is back at home, so annoyed that um, they took her license once again. She's completely banned from driving now. <laughs> home is teasing a bit now. You know, he may drive like an old lady, but at least he can drive. Oh, uh, Kids, I went too far. Come on, let's go. <laughs> and they're off to the um, the nature reserve there. But, you know, all the animals are quite boring. They're sleeping or they're just very listless. And uh, Bart's like a typical 10-year-old. Oh, come on, do something. And Homer with a great line that I've definitely used for just like a sum up of a boring or a shit film. Oh, I've seen plays that are better. Honest to <laughs> God, please. It reminded me of you know that uh, scene in one of the later Peep Show series where they go to a theatre with their two new uh, bows and they're saying, this is boring. I could, for like £5, I could be watching Heat with Robert De Niro. But we have Homer, you know, he's going to jolt them up. He's going to jazz up these animals so they can put on a show. So he gets Bart's catapult and, you know, hurts a nocturnal lemur that goes mental. That bites kangaroo, which ends up kicking a rhino. In this massive rhino sanctuary that you know Springfield is, you know, apparently famous for, they end up starting a massive stampede and they end up breaking through. Now, listening to uh, commentary for this episode, having the DVDs, the scenes with the massive uh, rhinos and especially the single rhino right at the end was incredibly hard to animate because it's usually, um, as far as crowd animation. You try not to, you try and animate just the upper torso or even better, like just, you know, from shoulders up. But the fact they have to animate each individual legs, each individual movement in their inner packs, just a real strain on the animator's wrist. But they did a bang up job here, Cal, I will say. It's incredibly realistic as well. But we have, um, oh fuck it, we'll just call him Steve Irwin. He's just missing the, you know, stingray through the heart. We have have, um, Steve Irwin there saying... You know, oh no, the rhinos have escaped. I thought, well, I meant to tell him. Um, but he goes to tranquilize one of them, bounces off him. 
hits um, some sort of a sloth that ends up doing a little Snoopy dance. And then we just see a load of people escaping from the wild animal kingdom. Fun fact, Cal, you see uh, a load of people like run from the zoo before you see the rhinos. Do you know the relevance of these people? I do. They're oh, you do? Oh, okay. Uh, please let us know. Wow, don't be so fucking surprised, <laughs> man, that I do my fucking research. Uh, they're Mike Scully's friends. They're his uh, kids. They're his daughters. Yeah. I'm sure they're friends as well. All right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, and that uh, the man himself there is Mike Scully as well. So that's um, audio of the daughters and um, Scully himself there. Oh. Who at the time was um, the series showrunner for... Seasons 9 to 12. Yeah, I have a tendency of bringing in, sneaking in like the animators and stuff. There's a, there's a big guy with like long hair and like a moustache. He's in it quite a bit. Oh, he's yeah, like, I think, I believe that's John Swartzwelder, yeah. But the rhinos, the group of rhinos are now chasing the Simpsons family. And um, I feel like you've um, got a lot to say about this. Homer's, you know, he's got a plan. Jumanji! <laughs> Does anything from the films work? I've definitely used that line before. But, I mean, what can you tell us about Jumanji, Cal? I'm sure that was a big uh, film for you in your time. In my time? When you, when you were a kid and such, yeah. Uh, yeah, I liked it. Like, I, recently, I, I, I recently watched the... Um, not the new new one, the one before that, and it was, it was quite good. It was better than I thought it was going to be. It was, yeah. Uh, it's a classic film. I liked Zephora as well. It's one I always remember watching that in the in the cinema when it came out, which is like a. Um, is that the one with Liam Neeson and it's in space? No, it's not Liam Neeson. Uh, it's fucking. It's set in space. It's in space. It's Jumanji in space. It's always um, Christian, a young Christian Stewart, and then the guy. From is that Shepherd as well? Oh yeah, uh, Tim Robbins. Um, is Tim Robbins? No, he's not there. I'm thinking of the other guy. Uh, and then Josh Hutchinson, who's uh, the guy from Hunger Games. It's basically the exact same story as the first uh, Jumanji film, but it's good. What things have you tried from the films? What obviously don't work in real life. Um, all right, I'm not going to bait myself out, so I'll say my cousin hung okay. around with his friends um, in woods adjacent to where I live now, God, like a decade and a bit ago, um, and so we tried, um, obviously, lighting stuff on fire, so we thought, oh, let's get this Lynx Africa can, and um, we'll flamethrower it, then we'll chuck it in there, and as soon as, you know, a slight lick of the flame hits the can... It will explode and it'll be really cool. So we chucked it in, and nothing happens. Nothing happens, and um, God, what ten minutes go by, and obviously, thankfully, we're safe enough back. But I think we're just busy talking with each other or just trying to find sticks to hit ourselves with. And just big boom! It was like fucking hell, Jesus Christ! So that's uh, my oh, this does not work from the films. The films lied to me, but um. The cops realise that, you know, oh, we need a rugged vehicle to tame that group of lions, you know, and a heart to match. So Wigan gets an idea. He goes to Evergreen Terrace, much like those, you know, cop films where they're saying, 
oh, I'm out of this game now. No, but we need you, you know, we need you for this big case. So they go to Marge, you know, she's still full of rage. But Wiggum's not really tried anything, but he's gone to like the absolute last resort. And uh, I don't know about you, but one of my f- absolute favourite bits from this, <laughs> Wiggum with his hat off going, oh, but do it for this puppy, do it for the <laughs> puppy, Marge. No, it's just your hat. Oh, she's good, Chief. Oh, <laughs> uh, this is top Wiggum. I'd like to help you, Chief, but my license was revoked. Seems I'm full of rage. Then do it for this adorable little puppy. Look at that puppy, Marge. That's your hat. <laughs> she's good, Chief. Marge goes back into the house and she sees um, you know, Kent Brockman reporting live from the animal kingdom there. And he says, there's a rhino attack and everyone's safe. Apart from these three people. And it's the Simpsons family on top of the car, surrounded by the rhinos. And we'll find out who they are once the rhinos spit out their wallets there. Um, Kent Brockman is deadly, but as truthful as ever. And now this, Cal. Um, i play my whole clip here and that and the jingle, much like with yourself. Back! Back, I say! Oh no, I'm out of popcorn! Throw your peanuts! You throw your peanuts! And you'll see... This is my absolute favourite scene from this episode because it's sheer silliness. It's the family on top of the roof um, lobbing popcorn at the elephants. Get back! Get back! And these rhinos aren't having any of it. And then <laughs> Homer just going, oh no, I'm out of popcorn. Throw your peanuts. No, you throw your peanuts. Like, how low can you get like defending your family with some solid snack? And I only spotted this Today, folks, when I was doing the last bits of research. Now, you know, it's available on a certain uh, massive uh, video player site. Um, For this scene in particular, uh, someone in the YouTube comments has put, you know, ah, this moment always cracks me up. The popcorn actually knocked a rhino out. Yeah. And he sent me a... Oh, you've seen it as well, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sent me a time code. And, um, yeah. The only time I've ever seen, like, as a rhino yeah, completely knocked out cold popcorn on yeah, it. So it is super yeah. effective in the name of Pokemon. I, I can't believe I never spotted that before, Cal. <laughs> oh, I always spotted it. I thought it was funny. Like, what is worked for one for fitness? How much? <laughs> the family look like they're in peril. They look like they're about to secede to danger. But, you know, the canyon arrow comes bursting in. Marge rounds up the rhinos and puts them into the pen there. And, I think Wiggum's the secret MVP in this episode, Cal, because he puts this, what, um, pin-sized hook to seal the gate. This ought to hold them. But they're one rhino short, you know, and Steve Owen says, you know, if I don't get them all in, it's my arse on the barbie, mate. And this one determined rhino, you know, he's going for the kids. But um, the kids themselves manage to jump back into the canyon arrow. Homer's a bit too husky, so he ends up getting, you know, Essentially, he gets a free tour of Springfield via the rhino's horn here. And Dan Castaneda, you know, he's doing a great job in this episode. Because he's just here, oh, no, it's not my rhino. I'm not going to give him shit, but I'll just have a little moan here, Cal. Moe's has never had a clear window, has it? No. 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 I'm not one for complaining about setting up stuff just for one joke. But it's obviously, this one's quite noticeable, I will say. Yeah, and then he just trumps around. He's like, yeah, I haven't seen Homer around. He's like, oh. like the most pathetic cry in the world. Oh, no. 
Hey, anybody seen Homer today? There he goes. <laughs> they end up going to a work site with Homer still on Rhino. It whips him round and throws him into a Porter John there. And Homer's going, oh, thank you, God, and thank you, Porter John. The Rhino starts, you know, boof, like a big horror film, bursting its horn through the Porter. <laughs> Homer, trying to be polite for some reason, oh, someone's in here. And then you can see through the holes that it is the Rhino. You know, Rhino's setting up for the gore now. What do you think of, um, you know, desperate Homer here, you know, praying to all of the gods there, you know, mistaking the rhino for someone else, you know, practically about to shit himself in a porter, John. This is brilliant from me. He's in the right place. Oh, definitely. It's good. Like, the, the bit of the little bit just after this, where I'll get to it, well, obviously, well, it doesn't really matter. Um, Fucking where Marge goes and knocks, knocks on the door. Like, oh, you can come out. It's like, uh, just a minute. <laughs> he just grabs the toilet paper. Yeah, it's that is great visual comedy. Um, oh, I mean, I feel that's going to be the best laxative rhino chase. Yeah. Marge, um, you know, she needs to resort to plan B, so she drives up, dries up. She's not going to overtake the rhino. You know, Homer's done for, but no, she's busy, swerves on over, you know, does a nice little commander roll out of the car there which I never knew she could do, but, you know, police training and what have you. But, you know, the Canyonero bursts into flames and the rhino just suddenly starts grunting and shunting at the Canyonero. And Homer's fine, even if he does uh, conveniently shit himself, as uh, Cal so proudly put it. But, you know, the kids embrace Marge and um, we don't really get an ending lesson, Cal. And I hate to say it, folks, and I feel like if you're making bingo cards, um, get this one ready. Uh, the episode falls has a really flat ending because I never even got the reference. I still don't get it now. It's some Storm Phillips from um, CBS or, you know, Newsnight says, oh, you know, uh, rhinos, you know, automatically want to put stuff out, you know, because uh, of this news reporter. And then it just sort of decides into like, oh, NBC's great. And then, you know, some Fox executive over the credits got Homer at gunpoint saying, oh, Fox is amazing. Like, I just found it really naff, Cal. Uh, I, thought it, I thought it was funny. I've read up a fact okay. where it says the executors at Fox were not exactly pleased with the ending, uh, where all the characters sang the praise of the rival network of NBC, so the writers added a bit during the credits where Homer is forced at gunpoint to read a statement encouraging the viewers to watch as many Fox shows as possible. But it's just yeah. classic Simpsons, this kind of shitting on Fox. Like, I know, but I feel like you have all this um, you know, heightened stakes and insanity and we don't know if Marge actually gets the license back or if the rhino's still at large there, but the fact you end it on a, I don't know, this like, oh, it's let's make it sort of like uh, in-joke about network news and, you know, um, brand superiority amongst all the channels and that. I'd, I, I guess it just didn't sit right with me personally, Cal. Uh, it's just, I, I prefer it. I, it's like, it's rather than this kind of... Um, like when shows kind of refer to a show like you know what it is but for for rights we can't say what it is kind of thing yeah i prefer when it's kind of bullshit it's like when they say bullshit so fuck it like yeah it's 
Doctor Who's on BBC, like you all know Doctor Who's on BBC rather than that space show with a funny pic in the box, like just say it out loud. And with that, um, we end the episode, folks. So um, I'll get uh, your thoughts and your rating overall. Cal, How, does this episode hold up? Yeah, yeah. what are you giving it on your unique score system? Hundred percent. I think it's it's it really does hold up um, massively. Really. It's it's just an overall classic episode, in my opinion. Um, it's a lot funnier than I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, there is just outgoing jokes with it all through throughout the episode. Really, there's not. You always have the issue what I, I constantly say where the third act of Simpsons are usually the worst. Um, or it can dip, yeah, because they just they just don't know how to end them. Um, no, I think I, I, I don't think there's a bad act in this film in this episode even. Um, it's just it's just an overall good good uh, episode. I think in regards to rating wise, it's probably uh, I'll go. I'm gonna, yeah, fuck it. I'll go five out of five. Uh, girls cooked. Why? <laughs> All right, the highest of high praise um, this brand new year. I like this attitude, Cal. <laughs> for me, what can I say? <laughs> for me, I mean, I, I share your sentiments exactly. I can forgive the well naff ending, but you know that's just down to my own opinion. So you know, you know that is exactly what it is. It's personal, but. I mean, everything else, it's quite silly. I've listened to other Simpsons podcasts where they say, oh, it's a bit ridiculous and a bit too far-fetched, but, you know, it's animation at the end of the day. They can do what they want. I like the animation this. I liked all the jokes, actually, which, you know, is something we've not been able to say about certain other episodes in these later seasons there. Tertiary characters are grand. March is, uh, Marge is written really well here. I, I can't give it enough praise. So with that, um, I feel like it's just missing that end bit to be absolutely perfect. But I'm going to give it a 4.5 out of 5 um, charging rhinos. Touche. And with that, we will look towards our next episode in this new year, folks. So, Callum, please give us a fresh uh, random episode generating noise, please. Got it in the end. Jesus. <laughs> you got that. Get ready for sperm, award shows, and of course, a love letter to Danny DeVito, because we're going to season three with Brother Can You Spare Two Dimes. Don't forget to like our Facebook, SoundCloud, and brand new on iTunes. Just search Uncle Mo's Family Feedback Podcast, and you'll be able to listen and support to your heart's content. Take care, folks. Come to Uncle Mo's for family fun. It's good, 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 good. Mmm, sounds good.